If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts chapter number 2. We will look briefly at a passage of Scripture there. Today is not a normal sermon. Um, it's going to be different because we are talking about Vision Sunday today. Here in a little bit, our usher, ushers will be armed and ready for handing you out a packet of information, but we'll do that here in a little bit. Guys, I'm getting some feedback. Um, so we'll look at that here in a little bit. So we are going to look at a passage of Scripture, a couple of thoughts, and then I'm just going to share with you my heart. Um, again, my heart is just at this point overflowing with gratitude and being able to see so many of you again. And I don't know if you know this, but we have a family that traveled a really long way to get here today, all the way from London, or close to there, England, from across the pond. Kim and Noah, good to see you. Wave at us. They're all the way from uh, England. They came home for a couple of weeks to get some business taken care of, and we're glad that they could join us. They, they uh, surprised the teens on Sunday night. I heard all this screaming and shrieking upstairs. I'm like, what's going on? What's Jason doing? Is he killing the kids? Anyway, um, of course he wasn't. But anyway, uh, they had shown up, and Noah, of course, Noah really made an entrance with all the pizza and the cupcakes. I mean, the teens love you anyway, Noah, but when you bring free food, they really love you. But anyway, good to see you guys. Glad you're here. Wow. What a year it's been. How many of you are ready for 2020 to be over? <laughs> Raise your hand. How many of you are hoping that uh, 2020 gets lost in the dustbin and we move into 2021 with a different track? Raise your hand. I was thinking back to a year ago when I went through a series entitled Revitalize. You can go ahead and put those slides up there, guys. Um, last September, so it's been about a year ago, we went through a five-week series on this topic of revitalize, and we looked at several different scriptures, mainly in the New Testament, and we talked about what a healthy church looks like. And in fact, we did several exercises through that fall series in September of last year because we, and, and one of the things we did is we had a survey and we really talked about where is the health of our church? How healthy are we? Because just like in physical health, it's easy to let your physical health slide and you become unhealthy. You know, just give it six months or a year of unhealthy eating habits and look at where your blood numbers are going to be. Look at where your scale number is going to be. You know, look at all those things. And so if that's the way it is in our physical life, then it is certainly true in our spiritual life. And of course, the whole New Testament is full of examples of, of uh, God's people writing letters to churches because they were spiritually unhealthy. And so we looked at that and we talked about what a healthy church looks like and little did we know that we were going to enter into a season where it was going to really test the health of our church in just a few short months. And how many of you know that if you're already a little unhealthy and then you have a major event hit, and we're talking about physically again, if you're already physically unhealthy and you have a major event hit you that further threatens that health, the chances are you come out the other side of that major event less healthy than you started. That's the same way it is in the life of a church, whether we were healthy or somewhat sick or in the process of dying. It's good to be aware of where we are so that we can evaluate that and make changes, right? And so we went through a, both a physical challenge with COVID-19, and we're still going through it, and, and, and it's also a spiritual challenge, and, and we faced a lot of challenges with COVID-19. And and, uh, you know, I thought about that this week as I prepared this, this message and prepared for this time. I thought, how has COVID challenged us as a church? Now, think about it even in your own life. How has it challenged you? I'll tell you this, COVID-19 for me as a church, just thinking through, 
It's, it, it challenged us to see what the value is in being able to gather together physically. I mean, when we were gone for those eight weeks, when we were only doing online services, it just wasn't the same. And I'm going to tell you, that first Sunday back in the middle of May, I couldn't stop bawling because of just seeing you and just being in the same room. There is something wonderful about being able to be together. I'm sure some of these folks over here are experiencing that today because they haven't been able to be with us. How, how many of you folks experience that today? Just this overwhelming joy, gratitude, probably some tears as well, just being able to be back together, right? And so it's been a challenge for us. And so we've learned that, that while online and those tools are great and they can fill a need, there's nothing like being together as the church physically. A second thing that COVID has challenged us to reexamine is the importance of being intentional in relationships. In this whole era of social distancing, the challenge is, is that sometimes we can become socially disconnected. Who'd be honest enough just to raise their hand and say, you know, pastor, in this era of social distancing, and I'm thankful for it for the whole health reasons and stuff, but I've really struggled with feeling disconnected from people during these six months. Raise your hand if that's you. I know that's been me. And so it's challenged us to be very intentional in how we stay connected together in relationship. COVID has challenged us to see the necessity of making methodological adjustments, methods of how we reach our community. Man, that's challenged us big time. It's like, how do we take all the limitations that we currently have and how can we still minister to needs and, and make a difference and, and serve our church family? And so that's challenged us. And then, of course, we see even more after going through a time like this, we see the great need of the gospel in our culture today, don't we? We live in a needy time, but also a wonderful time where I believe, I truly believe that God is at work and that great days lie ahead of us. And so with, with those thoughts in mind, I want to talk to you today about this word essential. How many of you have heard that word at least once in the last six months? Anybody? Anybody? You know, we've heard a lot about what is, what is essential, right? What is essential? Um, in this season that we've been in, and, and if you have your worship guide there, you can take some notes today. Uh, you can see an introduction that I wrote on the front of your worship guide. Um, in this season that we've been in, it, 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 we, we, we've heard a lot about what's essential, you know? This essential service, these essential workers, these essential businesses, but some others might not be. Um, you know, it's, it's funny to me how the big mega corporations were essential, but the mom and pops weren't. Anyway, sorry, just, just a passing thought. So we've heard a lot about what's essential with workers, with services, with businesses, essential measures for protection, and the list goes on and on. We've heard a lot about that word. And as I, as I was thinking about that word, just knowing that that's a, you know, a, a word that we've been reacquainted with, and it's on the tip of our tongue in our, in, our, in our vocabulary these days, along with social distancing and others, I thought about the early church. Because whenever I think about what a healthy church looks like, I think of that first century church. I wonder what it was like to be a part of that church and to see God working in such incredible ways in and through the people. And so what did the early church view as essential? What did they view as essential? And as I thought about that question, I was directed to Acts chapter 2. So let's read this passage together. Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. 
It says this, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Whenever I picture a healthy church, whenever I picture what a healthy church looks like, I immediately turn to this passage that we just read. Isn't it incredible when you read those few verses that the church wasn't overburdened with tons of programs? They didn't have all the fancy, you know, marketing techniques and and all the, you know, they didn't have billboards, they didn't have t television spots, they didn't have the internet. They really didn't have a lot of the noise that really can come in and creep into a church and into our culture. They just had Jesus. They just had God. They just had his word. And you see that because the church was rather simple, it seemed simple, but because it was simple, because they just saw a few basic things as essential, they were able to be focused. And because of that simplicity and that focusedness on being the church, they were able to be fruitful. And so I want you to notice two key phrases in this passage that we just read. There's a lot that we could talk about here in this passage today. But I want you to look at two key phrases. The first one is where it says... And they continued steadfastly. You see that? I think that's in the second or third verse there. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So what that phrase means is, is they viewed these things as essential because they wanted to continue in doing them. They, they saw the apostles' teaching and they saw their fellowship with one another they saw their eating together and they're praying for one another as essential so they continued steadfastly in those things they, they, they said listen if we're going to be a church and if we believe the church is essential which i believe everybody here this morning believes that don't you say amen the church is essential and they believed that the church was essential they believed that these things were essential so they continued steadfastly and notice it says also in this passage down in, I believe, the second or two, two, to the last verse, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. So they continued steadfastly. They continued daily. Those two phrases show me that the early church saw their church as essential. And there were specific things that they saw as essential. The early church saw their gathering together they're growing in relationship with one another, and they're going to share the message of the gospel as essential. It says that right there in that text, and you go ahead and put that slide up, guys. The early church saw that they should gather together, 
that they should grow in relationship with one another, with the fellowship, with the breaking of bread and of prayers. And they were purposed to go with the message of the gospel to the world. Now here's what's amazing. This is what we forget when we read just portions of scripture that we pull out. Here's what we forget about the early church. They were going through a season of intense famine and intense persecution. It was about to ramp up here if it hadn't already. And I thought, you know what? The first century church is no different than us in the 21st century. We're, yes, we're going through our own season of difficulties, unprecedented things. I mean, you know, uh, who would have thought a worldwide pandemic would enter into 2020? And yet the church thrived through those circumstances. They didn't let the, the famine turn them inward. They didn't let the persecution send them into hiding. No, they were bold in their witness. If you continue to read those first few chapters of Acts, they were bold in their witness. They were bold in sharing the message of the gospel. Why? Because they knew that their calling, they knew that this gift of the local church was essential. And so as we think about that today, I really just want to talk to you about some principles of where I see our church going in 2021 But what I'm going to do today is I'm not going to give to you my vision in the sense that I want this to be our vision. And really, I see over the next two weeks as a season, as we pray, as we talk together of how, of what it's going to look like for us in 2021. Because let's face it, we just faced a major change in our culture, a major time of Um, upheaval. And so how do we respond to that? How do we continue to move forward like this early church did? Well, I think basically for us overall, it's essential for us as a church to continue to gather to worship God, to continue to grow in relationships with one another. And it is essential that we go and make an impact in our community. But what does that look like more specifically for us? There are seven things, and I promise these aren't going to take long. I'm aware of the time. (laughs) Pastors are always aware of the clock. There are seven things I want to give to you quickly. I would encourage you to write these down. Things that came to my heart as I said, okay, God, for us as a church, what is essential? What do we need to be reminded of? What are some things we need to focus on? And again, these are more in principle form. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to Um, uh, digest through these into specific goals for 2021. And I'm excited to even share some of those goals with you here this morning because some of that's already starting to coalesce with the conversations we're having with our church leaders and hopefully with you in the next two weeks. So where are we going in 2021? What are some essential reminders and some essential things that we need to be focused on? And all these are going to have scripture tied to them. This is more of a topical study today as we launch off here from Acts chapter 2. First of all, the first essential that we must be reminded of as a church is that it is essential that we love one another. Amen? I want to grow in my love for you as your pastor. We quote 1 Corinthians 13 a lot at weddings. 
But I remind you that 1 Corinthians 13 was written right in the middle of a, of a letter to a church that really wasn't loving each other well. And Paul says, love, charity, agape love, suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not bond itself up. It is not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly. It does not seek her own. It is not easily provoked. Thinks no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. So it's essential that we love each other. How do we do that? We're going to talk about that. Specific ways. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love. We know when we're walking in the Spirit, when love is at the center of our motivations, it's at the center of all of our relationships with one another. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. It's essential that we love one another. That we grow together in relationship as a church body. Church isn't just something we do. It's not just an organization that we belong to. Church is a family. It's our spiritual family. Like it or not, if you know Jesus, you and I are going to spend eternity together. Now, thankfully, we'll have all the rough edges knocked off by the time we get to heaven. And if you're thankful for that, say amen. Amen. We won't hurt each other when we get to heaven. We won't say things that can be misunderstood or maybe even intentional. We'll stop being living in so much fear of what other people are going to think, but we can love without fear. It's essential that we love one another. This is true. You know why I know this? Because we've been socially distanced for so long, it's easy to become disconnected, discouraged, and disillusioned with people. Um, How many of you have noticed that people who are cooped up in their house, when they get out, they don't know how to act towards other people, especially on the roads? It's like, what happened to everybody? Everybody's on edge. And if there's one essential we need to remember, church, is that if we do nothing else in 2021... We learn to love each other better. We learn to love one another better. And so what are some specifics of what that looks like? How do we grow in a relationship with one another? We're going to have to be intentional in that. Any relationship takes work. Can I get a witness from the husbands and wives in the room? Say amen. That relationship takes work, doesn't it? If, I mean, it's great to have the feelings of love when you first get married, but how many of you know those feelings can somewhat change after the passing of time? So we have to be intentional. What does that look like? Well, it, it looks like small groups involvement and, and, of course, other specifics. And then we're going to talk about that. How, so as we think about goals for 2021, how do we better love one another here in our church? And I think we've grown a lot in those areas, but... That's just one thing that was on my heart, and I hope that you'll join with me in praying and asking God, God, how do we love one another better here in this church? Number two, the second principle that I hope we'll remember is this. Kind of tied in with love is this. It is essential that we are authentic. It's essential that we're authentic. What do I mean by that? 
Romans 12.9 says, let love be without dissimulation. That word dissimulation means without hypocrisy. Don't let your love be fake. But it's hard sometimes to be vulnerable with people, to not put on a front with people. And so I really am burdened that as we go forward as a church that we don't fall into the trap of just saying everything's fine, um, just pretending, just trying to put on a mask or front. So many religions do that. And it's because, again, there's this fear that if I'm authentic, if I'm vulnerable, if I'm honest, that I won't be loved. And so church life can become like that if we're not careful. And here's what I know in talking with many of you one-on-one. -on -one. There are some frustrations that we face together as a church. There are some struggles that we have as a church family. We're not a perfect church. Welcome. But we are committed to trying as best as we can to follow this book and handle our problems biblically. And so we want to be authentic. We desire to have an authentic relationship where we can be honest and say, I am frustrated with this situation that we're dealing with right now. I feel like I'm not being listened to or, or, or I feel like everything I'm trying... We have to be authentic. Spouses know that the foundation of your relationship in a marriage is authenticity, honesty, trust. And so it is essential that we are authentic. We desire to produce environments where people can be honest both about their hopes and their frustrations, their failings and their successes that they're facing in life and that they're certainly facing in church life. So it's essential that we grow to a place where we can be honest when we disagree. I've loved recently over the last couple of months where people in our church have said, Pastor, I disagree with that, but if we decide to do it, that doesn't change my relationship here at our church. Do you know how refreshing that is as a pastor to hear? Do you know how needed that is? Because when was the last time you agreed with everything in your family? I mean, do we have any spouses in here that have never had an argument or a disagreement about something? No, the reality is, is if we are a family and we want to be a family, families are going to have arguments. They're going to have things that they don't see the same on. So we have to learn how to disagree well in love. And that takes authenticity. The third thing, it is essential. These are principles, again, that we want to think through as we think about this upcoming year. It's essential that we are intentional. What do I mean by that? We have not purposefully, for several reasons, Pastor Don mentioned one of them this morning, we have not relaunched several of our ministry programs up to this point because of several reasons. Uh, partly because our volunteers, uh, we, again, we have people that are all different stages with this uh, virus that they're dealing with, whether they have had the virus or whether they're just, they have several health issues, so they are very slowly and methodically working back into church life. So because of that, our volunteers' base is, is smaller. And so we um, have to be very intentional. We can't just start a new uh, a ministry that we were doing before COVID right away saying, oh, that's what we've always done. 
Listen, if there's any time for us to really evaluate every single program that we are doing in our church and really ask the question, is this program making more and better disciples? Is it helping us to really move forward and reach that goal of seeing people saved, grow in their faith, developing meaningful relationships, growing in their understanding of the Word, and applying it to everyday life? This is the time to do that. And so one of the reasons that we relaunched small groups today is because that fits with our mission and vision of making more and better disciples. How? Because small groups are a different environment than this environment right now. This environment, you're sitting in rows and you're listening to one guy talk for most of the service. In a small group, you're sitting in a circle, and yes, one person is still leading that, that study, but there's more interaction and there's the opportunity for developing meaningful relationships. So I want to challenge you, make a, make a decision now as we get into the fall and as certainly as we get into the new year. If you've not been a part of a small group, oh, and, and if you feel disconnected, one of the greatest ways that practically that you can reconnect into the church is through developing relationships in a small group. That's hard though. I mean, it was a little awkward for our singles this morning, wasn't it, singles? Raise your hand if you're single and proud. Amen. Caleb, Emma, Joshua. Uh, I'm sure there's others here in our auditorium. It was a little awkward. I was like, man, I'm not sure how I start. You know, how do I talk to these, 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 uh, these young people? Because I'm not so young anymore. But it was fun. I mean, the awkwardness was actually a little fun. And you know what? We're going to work through that. There's always awkwardness in meeting people, but that's where authenticity comes back in. And that's where you have to work. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And so we have to be intentional here in our church as we continue to reboot ministry programs. And so if you have questions about, Pastor, why we not started back doing this that we used to do, please, let's talk about that. Let's have that conversation. We're about to give you a platform where you can bring all of those things to the table as we talk about where we go in 2021. And so it would be easy coming out of COVID, uh, coming out of the COVID quarantine to just go back to doing all that we were doing before but God has propelled us into a, into a pivotal time to ask the important question of why we are doing all of those things that we're doing in ministry. And listen, I can't wait to get back to doing a lot of those things because I do believe that they line up with the mission and vision. And so let's have a conversation about that in the coming weeks. One thing I would really encourage you to do is pick up this book. This has been a challenge to me as I've been reading it. Go ahead and put that screen up there, guys, the picture of the book. The Post-Quarantine Church. Have you thought about how the church has been challenged in the last six months and what it means coming out of the quarantine for churches? I've actually bought a copy of this book for all of our deacons. So all of our deacon leadership team will be getting a copy of this um, here this week. But this is a great book, and I would encourage you to read that over the next couple of weeks as we think about what does 2021 look like for us as a church. So it's essential that we are intentional, and this writer challenges us to think about that in specific ways. The fourth principle I want us to think about as we consider 2021 and look to the future, it is essential that we invest in the future of our ministry. What do I mean? 2 Timothy 2 verse 2, and I'm so excited, I can't wait to tell you about this. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 says this, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. I believe one of the essential steps that we must take as a church in 2021 is in investing in the future of our ministry through leadership personnel. 
What do I mean by that? Well, we have had a very faithful couple who has been working with our teens for the last two years volunteer. And it has been such a joy as your pastor to work with this couple, specifically with the young man, since we hang out more often than the young lady. I'm talking about Jason and Jessica Clark. Jason and Jessica, wave at us. So everybody knows who you are, where you're at. It's been a joy to meet with Jason. I think we have met almost every week. We've missed a couple here and there, but we have grown in our one-on-one relationship together. And what happened is, is that last year's business meeting, several of you mentioned from the floor, Pastor, we think we need to be compensating Brother Jason for what he's doing. He's, he's doing a good job. Well, it's taken us a year. We have certainly heard you. But we want to take the step as a church family, and you'll be seeing this in the budget that you're about to receive, of bringing Jason on in a part-time capacity as our youth leader. And I am so excited about that step. I'm thankful for Jason and Jessica's heart, not only to give information to our kids, but to disciple them. They have a discipling heart. And so I'm excited about them coming on our ministry team together. And so that's what I mean by investing in the future of our ministry. There's, there's two other potential part-time uh, positions that we are also considering. We are praying about a part-time children's ministry director and also a part-time music director. And so those are two other areas. You'll see that there's some surplus left over in the budget. You'll see a sheet here in a second that we've written out kind of explaining to you our process. Uh, don't worry, we're keeping Pastor Don on. You're not going anywhere, Pastor Don. <laughs> we love him. He's not, you, you might be wondering, is Pastor Don leaving? No, he's not. He's staying. Please stay, please. But he is wanting to take a step backwards uh, from all the hours that he works he spends a lot more time up here than part-time, and, and he's wanting to take a step back. Uh, he also would like to do that just for uh, tax purposes, uh, Social Security reasons. And, so, and he would also like to travel a little bit more in his retired life, although he's not retired yet. And so it's been a joy to serve with Pastor Don and Donna, and they aren't going anywhere. They're, they're still around here. Uh, they were up here late last night getting things ready for you this morning, and it's such a blessing to work with them. And so really our vision going forward is we want to invest in a lot of these ministry areas. And we're going to explain to you the reason why we would look for several part-time positions versus one full-time. And we'll get there. We'll come back. We'll swing back around to that. And so I really foresee 2021 as being an essential step where we intentionally invest in more ministry personnel as we grow in our church family. The fifth thing that I believe that we should be considering as we look to the new year is it is essential that we are good stewards of what God has entrusted to us. Matthew 25, 23, I shared this verse last year at this time. It says here in Matthew 25, 23, go ahead guys with that verse. Is it there? Did I forget it? There you go. Uh, His Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. God has been incredibly gracious to us, hasn't he? I'm still amazed that God gave us this building in the way that he did 10 years ago. I'm thankful for how this church family has grown within this building. And this building truly is a blessing and all that God has entrusted to us. But I'll tell you this, it's a blessing, but it's also a great responsibility. And church family... I'm going to tell you this, and I I say this not because I think that we're on the cusp of this happening, but we could be if we do not see this as essential. 
You know, a church can die in a beautiful paid-off building just as easily as it can in debt if we don't have a vision. So what does that mean? You know, a large portion of this building sits empty throughout the week. And it's been a burden on my heart as I've walked down these halls and I open some doors and I see storage, which that's okay, sometimes that's going to happen. But we don't want that whole upstairs wing to become a storage unit, do we? Is that the intention that God has? That we store things and have boxes and have dust and bugs in those rooms? I don't think that's God's intention. I don't think that's why he gave it to us. So why did he give it to us? I don't know. We're throwing out ideas, and perhaps just in throwing out the ideas, it's stirring us in our hearts to consider whether we partner with a ministry or whether we start our own. Who knows? But my prayer for us is that we would really figure out what God has for us in this place. I was talking with a guest couple that's here this morning, and I told them, we're a small church in a big building. We are. And we've always kind of played with those numbers. And again, it's not about numbers. By the way, you're probably wondering why I skipped all those slides at the beginning. That's just what pastors do sometimes, right, Josh? You know, I want to talk to you just for a moment, and I know that we're running out of time, but I want to talk to you about church growth. Go back to that slide on church growth. There's a lot of different kinds of church growth. And I do think that sometimes pastors feel this pressure. Here's me trying to be authentic, okay? Sometimes I do feel a pressure to see the church grow, you know? I sense this pressure. I mean, I look at my pastor friends who are involved in ministry, and sometimes you fall into that comparison trap. That's easy to do. Uh, Sometimes I, I feel that pressure because sometimes I make wrong decisions. Sometimes. A lot of times I make wrong decisions, and I face criticism for that. And so I feel this pressure. And then when things happen, COVID, you know, a lot of churches have lost 20, 30, 40% of their church in this whole process. Can I just say this? We're so blessed that you've stuck with us during this difficult time. Many churches are down in their giving, almost half, and our our giving was only down 10% this year. So in so many ways, there's also positives to look at. But I walk through and I think about growth, and I realize that there's different meanings to that word. And I've been really challenged over the last couple of weeks to really reevaluate what I even mean by growth. So if you want to write these down, these are great to keep in mind because when we talk about growth, what do we mean by growth? Well, first and foremost, we want to grow spiritually. Spiritual growth. Growing together in relationships with one another. Growing in our relationship with God. Understanding His Word. Uh, being challenged to go out and share the gospel, spiritual growth. Then there's biological growth. We've had lots of babies this year, all God's people said. So we've got growth. We need a children's ministry director to oversee that nursery, to get it hopping, to get it growing, you know. And so, and so we've had biological growth. So we're talking about families just growing, adoptions, amen. Babies being born, babies being adopted, biological growth. Then there's conversion growth, and I think a lot of times pastors focus on this. And here's the danger. I think a lot of pastors mean well. We want to see people saved. We want to see people go through the waters of baptism, but here's the danger. And this is where I've had to really look in the mirror lately and say, wow, I missed it. 
Pastors can become so focused on who's not here that they forget who's here. We can be so focused on who left that we forget who stayed. And so we miss spiritual growth because we're so focused on seeing people saved, and that's not a bad thing. But all these are in a balance, and it starts with spiritual growth. Spiritual growth, biological growth, conversion growth, transfer growth. People transfer in. People move to the area. People, people come from all different walks of life, and they transfer in from other churches. And then expansion growth, sending missionaries out. By the way, we've got a missionary coming home this week, Rachel Johnson. I hope you're going to love on her when she gets here. Can't wait to see her. She'll be here the rest of the year with us. Expansion growth, seeing churches planted from your church, seeing people sent out into missions work. So these are all the kinds of growth. When you talk about church growth, these are all the different kinds of growth. And I think sometimes all of us fall into the trap of focusing on one kind of growth to the detriment of the others. And so I say all that to say, going back to being good stewards, that we want to be good stewards of what God has entrusted to us here. There's no doubt he's given to us a great gift as a church 10 years ago when we had that fire happen in our building over across town. And then we were displaced like the children of Israel for two months. I felt like we were wandering in the wilderness. We were renting a building. And then we landed here through a providential act of God. And so it's my burden that we really consider, okay, pastor, how do we utilize this great tool that we have? Is it in partnering with another Christian organization and coming alongside of them, or is it us starting something out of our church? Be in prayer with me about that and offer your input over these next couple of weeks. It's essential that we're good stewards. If, if, if you agree with that, say amen. Oh, it's so important. And then it's essential that we continue to be a missions-minded church. You can see the verses there, Acts 13, 2 and 3. Again, the first century church had every reason to be inward-focused, self-protective, but they were bold, they took risk, they sent out missionaries. And so we want to do the same thing. We want to maintain our current missions families that we support, a little bit over 30 families that we support. And by the way, we've been able to work, it, work our missions budget Lord willing, to where we are able to take all of our missionaries that we've been supporting for $1,200 a year, we've been able to take them up to $1,600 a year. Isn't that a great thing? That is a wonderful thing. We have a couple of transitions with missionaries who are rotating off the field, and so we're able to take those funds that we were using there, and we're able to add there. And if, over the next couple of weeks, our missions giving commitments increase for 2021, we would like to take on at least two new missionaries, but we're going to need to see about a $5,000 annual increase in our missions giving to do that. So if you're not a part of our missions program yet, and you'd like to give $10 a week to missions or, 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 or $100 a month to missions, whatever God will lay on your heart, would you pray about that? And next week we'll have some missions commitments cards that we'll be handing out. We're going to talk about missions even more next week. But we already had in a missionary last week. If you remember, Caleb and Autumn Finley, they're going to plant a church in uh, California. Man, uh, I know that we're going to be praying about potentially partnering with them. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Joey Tacon, who is our missionary to Italy. He's going to be with us on uh, Sunday, October the 4th, sharing a report. So we're going to love on him and encourage him. Uh, Brian Collins, who is working with over 15 national pastors in Zambia, Africa. Hopefully we're going to get him back in this, this fall to see how he's doing. 
And so it's essential that we continue to be a missions-minded church. We're going to talk about ideas and ways that we can take even further steps in 2021. And then finally, it's essential that we are a team, that we are a team in all of this. Philippians 1.27 says this, Only let your conversation be as it becomes the gospel of Christ, that whether I come, to, come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. It's essential that we work together as a team. We need you. We need your involvement. We need you to be engaged here, invested here. So is this church essential? Is it an essential part of your life? Is it? I think we would all say that. So my challenge to us then is as we see the day of Christ approaching, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. How does your family know that the church is essential to you? How do others around you know that the church is essential to you? So we need to be committed in these days, working together as a team with these principles in mind. At this time, I'm going to ask our ushers to hand out these packets. And as they hand them out, let me explain to you what we're going to do. This is a packet for you to take home and read over. We're not going to read through all this. I, I see the time. We're going to be closing here in just a few moments. But they're going to hand out these packets. And I'm just going to run through you quickly and explain to you what each page is, over, is going over. As you get the page, you'll see that the first page is just a letter, kind of communicating some of the thoughts that I've shared with you this morning. Um, and just sharing with you where I believe God is leading us. I truly do believe that the best days are not behind us. They're truly before us. And so there's a letter that you can read. On the second page, you'll see kind of an overview of what we've talked about today, these principles, these principles of essentials that I believe that we need to be focused on as we formulate our goals for 2021. And so what I'd like for you to do is this second sheet is to read through these, pray about these, and then write down questions, ideas, feedback on the back of this sheet, and we're going to have you do something with it. So this sheet's going to kind of become your prayer sheet over the next two weeks as we think about the future of our church. So that's page two. Look at page three. I talked with you a little moment ago about our future ministry staffing vision. And this document explains more in detail the why behind us recommending all of these part-time ministry positions. The budget committee gave uh, approval and go ahead on bringing on a youth leader position. So we've got that in the actual line item of the budget. But we also left a surplus so that as we go through the year, as God leads and provides, we can bring on those other positions. And so that's going to be an important sheet. If you have questions about that future ministry staffing sheet, please let us know about that and bring that to the next page that I'm about to show you. The next page is a flyer with two events on it. So here's what we're doing over the next two weeks between now and the annual meeting on September the 27th. First is something we're calling coffee with a pastor. Your pastor likes coffee, and I like to drink my coffee with other people, if, if at all possible. And so um, coffee with the pastor. For the next two weeks, I would love to have one-on-one -on -one conversations and also small group discussions, maybe with a family or two, with our church family. 
And so as you think about what we've talked about today, as you have burdens and desires about how you see God leading our church, I want to talk about those things with you. So we've got some dates set aside on September the 15th, 17th, 22nd, and 24th. Those are the Tuesdays and Thursdays between now and the end of the month. On Tuesdays from 2 to 4, and on Thursdays from 2 to 4 and 6 to 8, we are just making those times available for you to set up a time Come in, have a cup of coffee, have a bottle of water if, if uh, you're not a coffee drinker. And let's just talk about these plans, these sheets, these principles. And talk about, okay, pastor, how do we grow more in love for one another? How do we have an authentic uh, environment here in our church? How do we be more intentional with starting up all these other ministry programs that we were engaged in before COVID hit? And what are those important programs that we restart? And so bring that, um, and, and how you would set up a coffee with me is just call the front office or make a comment on the Facebook post that will be going on later today and let me know the day and the time that you would be interested in coffee with Pastor. Now, some of y'all might not want to do that, but you might want to do this other option. And that is we're going to have on Friday, September the 25th, just two days before our annual meeting, we're going to have a church cookout from 6.30 to 8.30. And it's not going to be a big production in the sense of we don't need you to bring a lot of food in. It'll all be provided here. It'll be safe, Lord willing, sanitary. We'll have prepackaged bag chips and cookies and the hot dogs and hamburgers and uh, canned drinks. So we'll have a simple cookout. And then we're going to split off into a men's group discussion session. And we're going to also have a ladies group discussion session so that you can talk about what has been presented here today and talk about where we go as a church uh, in the future. And so I hope that you'll be a part of both of those events as we really do try to put together specific goals. Again, some of the specific goals we already have for 2021 is by the end of 2021, I would like to see our future ministry staffing vision um, uh, all played out. But that's in the Lord's hands and that's up to his timing. And so you can see those, those different items. We hope that you'll put those on your calendar and make plans to be a part of that. And then finally, you can see the budget sheet on the final sheet. And so these are the numbers. This is how the ministries of our church get funded and how they move forward. And so if you have any questions as you look over the budget, you can make sure to bring those questions to one of those meetings, either coffee with the pastor or the church cookout that we'll have on September the 25th. If you look at the back of the page, page two of two on the back of the budget, if you see the budgeted net to income, it's almost towards the bottom, budgeted net to income, we have a surplus of about $14,500 in our budget. And again, that surplus is there to show you that we've left some room, Lord willing, as God leads us to these other two positions, if that's what God would will and the church would think as the spirit moves. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be a wonderful two weeks as we pray, as we plan, as we think about the future together. A lot going on. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to ask our worship team to come, and we're going to be closed with a uh, dismissal as we sing this beautiful song, O Church, Arise. <laughs>